Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Yes, you're tuned into Clearing the Air on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Iris and I have an exciting show for you today. I've got an interview lined up um, relating to pinkwashing, Palestine and solidarity, but more on that later. First, I'd like to um, thank Encyclopedia for the previous show on drug decriminalization, and I'd like to acknowledge country. Um, so 3CR is on the lands of the Kulin Nations. It broadcasts immediately over the Wurundjeri and Bunurong lands of the Kulin Nations. And I'd like to pay my respects to Indigenous elders past, present and future. Um, and I'd like to acknowledge that Indigenous so- sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide is still ongoing. Um, yeah, and acknowledge any Indigenous listeners tuning in today. Um, so, and, yeah, I'm in the studio all by my lonesome because I've done an like, interview with Fatima and Nira, um, and I'm going to start playing that for you. And, yeah. Yeah, the interview covers a range of issues around um, Palestine, pinkwashing, boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, um, solidarity. Yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, just in a sec. I, I suppose it's hit the mainstream media in the last month. There's been um, dozens of Palestinians killed by the Israeli state. Um, who would like to start about what's happening in terms of the the Great Return March and the lead up to the Al Nakba? Who would like to start? Um, maybe Fatima first. Uh, I think Nida. Oh, Nida. Okay. Yeah, just because Palestinian. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, where do I start? It's been happening for seventy years, so. Um. No, but I believe the first marches started in about nineteen sixty-seven. That was during like the. The second Nakba. I can't remember the actual name. I'm a really bad Palestinian right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is something that's been going on for decades now, but especially in Gaza where they're essentially living in an open-air prison. And I believe a couple of years ago the UN said that Gaza would be uninhabitable, not fit for human inhabitants, by about 2018, and we're in 2018, 2018, 2020, and we're there now. And we're really seeing the effects of that, the effects of poverty. You know, basically people are just at the end of their, at the end of their rope, at the end of their tether. And so you've got all these Gazans coming up to the border where it's sort of like a no-buffer zone where, you know, about 500 metres away, you can't even enter and you've got you know, Israeli soldiers stationed and snipers stationed and what have you. Because, yeah, the Israeli state, as we know, is our border hounds. Um, 
and so you have these marches happening and it's it's been a real threat to them it's been a real threat and um yeah yeah do you have anything to add um i think yeah just i guess contextualizing for the queer community what is actually happening as well so um you know palestine is under siege um by the colonizing state of israel um and it has been since 1948 it was actually the Balfour declaration that um you know after um world war 1 and 2 um the world was starting to be divided um and the british decided Balfour in particular decided that um they used the term terra nullius and they tried to find a land for the Jewish people to create a Israeli or Jewish state um and they were actually uh, looking to at p- different possible places um one was Palestine the northern territory it was the northern territory um neither in Australia was also another option yeah yeah um and so basically it's a, it, it the this state was created by you know, uh, uh, the, the West, the British UK forces, um, and just um, you know, since then there has been the increase stolen um, or, or uh, sorry, since then there's been the increased theft of land, um, dehumanising of conditions, double standards, and it is really a modern day. Or you know, it's it, it's it's apartheid in Palestine, and Gaza is surrounded by sea and bordered by Israel, basically, or occupied Palestine. And there have been countless times where um, people or humanitarian aid has tried to come in to be given to Gaza because there is a border. They blockade anything coming to or from Gaza. So it actually shares the border with, with Egypt and um, occupied Palestine or Israel. And um, there are no goods, nothing, it's, nothing can come or leave um, Gaza. And so that affects a lot of things because they're constantly being bombed. They need to be able to, you know, they need cement, they need bricks, they need water, they need, you know, fresh water, they need sources for electricity, they need... You know, to, to power up generators, or, or, or they need fuel, or the, you know, or, all the essential things that people need to survive are ultimately being withheld from them. And then on top of that, their land is constantly being taken. And so there are always waves of resistance that form. And so we saw what, what, what is called the first intifada, and then the second intifada, and with this great march as well, there are always. Um, uh, you know, resistance and 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 fighting for the right to exist. Um, and so, what we're seeing now is uh, uh, Palestinian people, Gazans, um, being wounded as they protest um, and march 
um, in the lead up to the Nakba, which is when the State of Israel was founded. So the Nakba is the catastrophe. And it's pretty much the equivalent of what Invasion Day is for, you know, First Nations, Aboriginal and Tosha Islander folks. It, it, the Nakba is for um, Palestinian people. Mm, yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, so following on from that, I think I'm going to ask the question about pinkwashing and the general introduction. Pinkwashing is sort of the papering over of colonialism by settler colonial states such as Australia and Israel um, with an illusion of pink queer friendliness. And it like it's quite alarmingly common. And I'm wondering if you... You can start off, you, know, you, could, you could talk to some examples of pinkwashing and the sort of narratives that are constructed around pinkwashing that are, like, wrong and dangerous. Yeah. Well, it, yeah sorry, no, no, you go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, it's actually quite alarming because, you know, queer people in Palestine are are actively, you know, are actively being oppressed for their queerness by Israel, the very state that claims it's, you know, a gay-friendly haven and an LGBT utopia. But in actual fact, it's not even that to its Israeli citizens, actually. Arab, Jewish, or what have you. Um, Yeah, it's quite alarming, actually. A lot of the narratives do tend to be focused around, this is the one place in the Middle East where you can be gay or you know, anything from holidays marketed towards the queer community as, you know, Israeli vacationing and what have you. Um, What's quite alarming about that as well is that Palestinians are actively punished, queer Palestinians specifically, sorry, are actively punished for their queerness by the Israeli army. Um, You have cases where the Israeli army will actually sort of find LGBT Palestinians and go, so you're queer, we know that, uh, unless you want your family to know that and your community to know that and, you know, face those consequences. We're going to out you if you don't do our dirty work, essentially. And so they'll get them to be informants or what have you on their own people. And, yeah, with using, using their queerness as a threat. And I think the you know the, the conversation um, is often in Australia that you know nobody's rights, anybody fighting for social justice or any type of activism, you know there is no point in doing any of that unless you centre the efforts and 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 work of around resistance of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people. The idea of like foundational racism and that racism and trying to find fight that in this country is going to be pointless or not as effective if you don't really address the root. And the root of that is that this entire country was founded on the oppression, theft and murder of First Nations folks. So when it comes to um, uh, Israel and its pinkwashing attempts, it will actively fund it will throw millions of dollars to make its image look like we are a state that is you know, we are pre-flagging all the way. We want you to come and have your pride parade. But the, the what does that mean 
when he does that to Palestinian people that are queer, and even if they're not queer, it continues to um, set up, establish settlements in what the UN considers to be illegal. It um, continues to build walls, that, or has built a massive wall that, that segregates or separates entire little townships or villages, that it um, continues to dictate the movement of and into Palestine by Palestinians and, uh, you know, um, uh, anyone wanting to come and visit families, even amongst sort of neighbouring villages. Like, um, so so the, the idea that Israel is doing this isn't as a result of them actually caring about the queer cause. They do this to counter their negative or disgusting and colonial tactics uh, oppressing and, 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 and destroying sort of Palestinian people and their right to, you know, exist and return. Um, and that's, that's the thing. As a filmmaker, I've, gone to, I've had my film screened in a few countries and every festival that I've gone to, there has always been so some Israeli embassy that has uh, um, funded the queer film festival and the film festival will always open with some massive sort of film that talks to the um, the ability of Israel to provide freedom for queer Palestinians or how <clears throat> it is the only democracy in the Middle East and they are the only ones that will treat um, uh, queer people in, in some type of like humane, dignified way. And the reality on the ground is actually far from that. But um, like all, you know, um, capitalist machines, their propaganda is um, very important and a lot of money gets put behind that. You know, and even to the point where some a couple of years ago, I was on Queering the Air and um, I think this was maybe before your time, Iris, and um, I was asked to come to talk about my films and about being Arab and and queer and a fundraiser happened a couple of you know months later and they decided to have a a queer arab uh, film fundraiser for uh, 3cr radio and the film that the organizers at the time who were you know coordinating queering there decided to screen as an arab queer film was an israeli film that was completely in hebrew that spoke about how israel is amazing for you know, uh, Palestinian people and queer Palestinians and that they only feel liberated and safe in Israel. So it, it really is this entrenched thing that I think a lot of, you know, queer, you know, even pox in Australia and in Melbourne aren't aware of the depth and the, how incestuous um, and seedy and deep-rooted it is into our ways of thinking. Um, and it's been something that I've been wanting to challenge for a very, very long time because it's just constantly coming up. Mm, yes, yeah, thank, thanks for raising all that. Yeah, I wasn't involved then, I do, but I did go to the fundraiser and it was a, yeah, a really good example of pinkwashing. Mm, um, and and, the, and they, they screened my one of my short films before that film and I ended up having to walk out of the festival and then even then, like, you know, there were queer Palestinians at this event and, you know, it was just like the organisers couldn't hear it 
you know, it was a big issue, but it was like, regardless of what is said, how it's presented, it's just the idea that you are potentially going to be talking negatively around, about Israel, then you fall into the trap of being anti-Semitic or, or um, hating Jewish people. And, and the differentiation between Israel Zionism, on one hand, and Jewish people is often, you know, um, not not even expressed or, let, or or spoken to. But there is a difference between hating a colonial state, hating a Zionist state, and feeling like this the, the, the oppression of this state needs to fall, and not necessary and and not at all hating on Jewish people and wanting to um, have another Holocaust or 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 wanting um, to, to further stereotypes of Jewish people. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's really on point. Um, yeah, following on from that, I'm wondering if um, anyone could talk about the relationships between Australia and Israel. And, yeah, following up from some of your points about... Um, I think, yeah, um, I'm thinking about how do like a lot of like Palestinian voices are drowned out by all these like pro is the Israeli state stuff pro occupation voices and how there isn't much freedom of speech for those voices because they're drowned out by that all the time and I'm thinking if if anyone can touch on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in a general sense. Um, the settler colonial states rely on each other, and and they 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 rely on each other for tactics, for for mili- like for military apparatus, for all of that stuff. So you got that level of it, and then you've got the the deep ties they've got with each other. So you often see um, the Australian government talking about Israel being their good friends and. That sort of stuff. And, yeah, their their relationship is mutually beneficial. It's mutually beneficial for a settler colonial state like Australia to to have allyship and, and to, you know, to seek strength, so to speak, from Israel. They, they feed off each other. You know, the, like Australia, unfortunately, is um, a successful colonial state, essentially, as, as sad as that is. But... You know, we have seen we have seen the success of the settler colonial experiment here, and yeah, they be, yeah they do they do uphold each other. They do have very friendly relations. They they both sort of try to uphold themselves as these great bastions of of democracy and meritocracy, and you know, a place where everyone can have a fair go, but as many people would know, that's not the case in Australia. That's not the case for Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And that's especially seen when, um, within the queer community. And I think it's it's something we need to address within the queer community as well, that Australia is a settler colonial state. And I think to some degree there's an understanding there's sort of a, oh, we should change the day sort of movements within the queer community, but no, it should, we should be going further. The, 
Australia Day should be abolished altogether. Australia Day is an incredibly insulting day. So, yeah, it's it's sort of like you only half get it, I suppose. And I think people need to understand the, the urgency with which uh, Indigenous people sort of... Um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought, but I think people need to, yes, see how urgent and how and how insidious these things are that, you know, sort of having a wishy-washy stance on this sort of thing isn't good enough. You do need to be taking a proactive stance against these sort of things. Mm. Fatima? Yeah, I think um, it's really, like I said, I, I, you know, agree with everything Nida has said. I think... Um, you know, yeah, the colonial states, they copy each other's notes. You know, what did you do? What was your answer for this question? You know, what? I think, um, I think, you know, there are, there have, you know, there are things that you hear and people, you know, on the ground in Palestine say that you wonder if it is true and they, that they are things like new types of weapons are tested on Palestinian people. And then they so they're given to the IDF. They take them into uh, refugee camps in Palestine or into villages in Palestine where they are like wanting to, you know, demolish farms. And so there'll be new types of bulldozers or new types of guns that can shoot around the corner so that an IDF soldier doesn't have to expose themselves. You know, or there'll be like new types of machinery that can blow holes between walls so that. IDF soldiers don't have to go out of each house to search each house. They just blow mm. holes between walls and go from one house to the next to the next without ever having to be sort of seen by satellites or things like that. And they say that all of this type of technology is, first of all, tested on Palestinian people to then be shared with other colonial states. And we're seeing now, especially in Victoria, the militarization of the police. The Premier is... Is, is, you know, building massive prisons and, you know, putting an unbelievably disgusting and stupid amount of machine weaponry in the arms of the police. And these weapons, whether, you know, people want to talk about conspiracy theorists and, you know, often I get told that I'm a bit crazy, but <laughs> the reality of the situation is that this is what is happening, but there ha- it has to be disclosed or hidden in some way. Um, and, yeah, so people aren't aware of that. But to add to that, you know, last year, um, the Prime Minister visited Israel. And there are constant, constant arguments or sort of defences from Zionist sort of um, allies or Zionist uh, people that believe, you know, uh, they are the equivalent to Indigenous Australians here. And there is this, this link that, t- that people try to make often between I'm an Israeli citizen and, you know, I've returned back to, you know, my ancestral lands um, and I'm like the Aboriginal people of Australia or the Torres Strait Islander people and, you know, we have a solidarity and a, to the point where often, um, you know, artists like Jessica Malboy or Christian Thompson who are really well-known Indigenous um, uh, artists will go and support 
um, you know, whether or not it's as a result of a lack of understanding of what is actually happening, which is also because of the propaganda machine that's able to cover up the information and present a certain like level of, um, you know, this country is great, like Australia is great, like Mida was saying, Australia is great, Israel is great. Um, but yeah, there is both this sort of, from a political perspective, from a sort of a military perspective, and then from an art perspective. Um, and I think this is a really ideal point to bring up um, um, the BDS movement, which is about boycotting, you know, and, it, uh, and, and if you look up BDS.com, you can see a whole heap of resources um, around what is being boycotted. But ultimately, um, you know, apartheid in South Africa um, informed um, BDS and uh, what happens is there are cultural institutions or academic institutions or corporations that benefit directly from the oppression and theft of, 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 of uh, um, Palestinian people and their land. So they build factories on, 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 on settlements that are known to be actually, even the UN recognizes this section of land is for Palestinian people, but Israel will build a settlement and put a factory out there and, and, and you know, let a, a company just start to make millions and export and things like that. So there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can show your solidarity with Palestinian people. And that is, um, that'll be listed on the website. And that is it's basically around controlling what, what, where you spend and how you collaborate. Um, and yeah, as Australian citizens, you'll see from that website um, how, you know, what, what, what brands you actually use that you don't realize are just furthering the, you know, the, the, the power and capitalism of the Israeli state. Sorry, just to loop back to what you were talking about earlier, Fatima, with um, regarding testing, you know, military apparatus and things like tear gas and what have you. Well, we saw that play out. We saw it play out in the US where the same tear gas canisters um, and same weaponry that was being fired upon protesters in Palestine were being fired upon the Black Lives Matter movement. And exactly. And we actually, yeah, black, uh, a contingent of Black Lives Matter protesters actually went up to Palestine to discuss solidarity techniques and and stuff like that. And we, yeah, and we, we saw it with Standing Rock and we saw those tactics being utilised then and I'm sure the same machinery and weaponry. Mm. Yeah, we're seeing that all over the... Like, yeah, these weapons being tested on the most oppressed sections of the world and then transported and expanded in its really concerning direction that the world's heading in. Um, yeah, so I noticed that even the new Secretary General for Amnesty is called... a the BDS movement for Palestinian rights, a historically tested peaceful tool of resistance. And I'm wondering if um, you're seeing any momentum on BDS or is it, does it go in waves? Um, yeah. I personally, personally, in my experience, I've seen it come and go in waves. Um, as well as the, as well as the outrage against BDS, I've seen that come and go in waves. Um yeah, I think every time something quite 
quite significant happens where Israel shows a clear lack of of um, a clear lack of interest in human rights. Let's say not that that's not always there, but you know when something quite alarming happens, like forty Palestinians killed, we see this surge, this this uprising in oh BDS and how can we help and people being interested for a short while, and then it sort of plateaus until the next really alarming, horrific thing happens. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the Palestinian conflict is one that constantly sort of flares up and then comes down, flares up and comes down. But it's not like it flares down to a point where, like, you know, it, we could in any way rec- like it would probably be a calm down over there would be our worst worst possible nightmare. Absolutely. Um, and the and it, you know, like you said, I was just now hitting mainstream media. They're just now starting to pay a little bit more attention to what's what's happening. But I, I like I, you know, I remember being in the West Bank um, and being told of the starts of BDS. And um, and how you know it was very much the it, it, you know, I wasn't being told about BDS by the local Palestinians. It was by the activists that were flying in from around the world to show solidarity that were that that who were talking to me about it. Um, and that's not because I didn't have interactions with um, Palestinian people who were themselves, you know, uh, resisting. But, um, you know, it, it, that, 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 that says something to me. And I don't want to say anything about, like, it's not a great tool or it hasn't worked because, it, you know, we've seen with SodaStream, for example, that it was successful. Um, and we've seen other instances um, where especially artists have created work against sort of these corporations that are benefiting from this, like... Caterpillar, who themselves aren't necessarily based in um, in Israel as a they're not an Israeli company, but they are. You know, uh, Israel will buy Caterpillar um, bulldozers to bulldoze Palestinian homes, and and there is a growing and sense of this corporation is attached to the Zionist state in this way, and this corporation does, you know. Th- does this and there have been massive sort of um, especially with um, artists who want to go and perform in Israel um, you know that it's, it's pretty quick that a, that that, that a, a letter is written and a, a signatures are put to, to a petition and you know it is presented to the artists and uh, to boycott and more often than not a lot of a lot of these artists are boycotting you know, to having their tours or having a stopover in in, in Israel, um, and I think you know it's it's a, it's the ideal way to um, to get capitalism where it's going to hurt most. You know, so while it's not necessarily as you know successful as we may want it to be now, and it does have its dips, it is doing pretty well and with it currently being with the Palestinian cause currently being you know in center 
um, of mainstream Western media, it has the potential to sort of take another massive lift. Absolutely. Um, I think it's also quite important to know with your... Um with your comparison, sorry, to to um, BDS as we're seeing it now in, in Palestine and those same te- tactics being adopted um, from, from apartheid South Africa. And mm. one of the really big things that, that helped end apartheid and what made the boycott South Africa movement so powerful was that there was a lot of union involvement and unfortunately Mm. today unions aren't as strong and we don't Mm. have as much union involvement you know in australia for example you literally had uh workers at the docks going we're not going to let this ship in because it has merchandise coming in from south africa we're not doing it like this ship is just going to sit here go back home and we need that we need that show of strength again and we need that those collective efforts because there is only so much an individual can do. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not aware of any unions in Australia that have come out in support of the boycott and divestment and sanctions movement, as far as I know. Um, and and we see, and I suppose a lot, most unions are aligned with the Australian Labor Party. Mm. And we also, we've also seen um, the effects of this sort of the pro-occupation Israel lobbies, the effects, like the like the power they have in terms of softening the Greens policy, um, if you want to speak to that. Yeah. Um, it's... I don't want to say it's remarkable, but it's it's saddening. It's saddening how, how effective that is. Um, but, I mean, like Fatima was saying earlier, it's it's a propaganda machine and with enough people churning out that propaganda, you will get somewhere. And I do want to note as well that the state of Israel literally pays people to go online and spread propaganda, like someone just, an average Joe, just going on Twitter and spreading propaganda. People are literally paid for that. So this is, this is a huge, huge propaganda machine. Yeah, I've got nothing to add to that. Mm. Cool. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, any other questions? I have... Mm. Or any? Yeah, anything you'd like to say? Yeah, look, I, I guess I just want to give a plug to Dean Spade's um, documentary, um, um, Pinkwashing Seattle Uncovered, or something I think it's called. Um, it's on YouTube. It's maybe an hour and a half. Um and you, and if you're interested in in hearing more, or you know this has riled you up a bit, and you feel isn't a proper representation of what is actually happening on the ground, and is you know um, negative viewed towards Israel, watch this documentary, and you'll see exactly how you know pinkwashing in Israel affects queer Palestinians how their form of resistance, um, you know, or how a form of resistance took place in Seattle around this and how there was, um, you know, Jewish people involved in that resistance and how um, 
the consequences of, you know, for these activists for having spoken up and done something or, or fought for what they believed in. Um, yeah, definitely watch that and um, visit the BDS site and, um, yeah, it is definitely something that you need to be um, more well-versed in. But, you know, if you're listening to this, make sure you're just as well-versed, if not more, in the resistance of Aboriginal social on the people in this country fighting for a treaty, um, as this is the only Commonwealth country that doesn't um, have a treaty with its First Nations people. Yeah, absolutely. I think our... Our liberation goes hand in hand with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people of this country. And I think it's especially important to remind uh, Palestinians and Arabs, Middle Easterners, etc., that it's not enough for you to be in this country, to be a settler in this country, because that's what we are, we're settlers in this country, and to fight for Palestine. You can't do that. That's I think that's that's quite um that's quite hypocritical to me you need to be you need to be speaking out against the the horrors and the settler colonization of that this that this country that australia has committed yeah it's a really important point um are there any is there any other are there any protests coming up in the near future yeah, well, there'll um, be a protest for um, the Nakba, um, which will be, I think it's going to be, is it State Library? Usually, usually is. I'm going to just quickly, <laughs> I just <laughs> thought about plugging something. Um, I don't know if any protests have actually been organised yet. No, yeah, there's one on May 1st. Um, from the State Library, the May May Day Solidarity um, uh, Rally and March. And then um, it's at, yeah, 1st of May. If you look up um, May Day Solidarity Rally and March, um, and then you should also potentially go to um, where are we heading? It's a Q and A for um, uh, for the radicalized and criminalized. Um, and so, if you're if you've got any questions about what is happening to First Nations people or how this state is becoming a prison state, pretty much, um, or police accountability, head out there and um, yeah, either listen, don't take up too much space, or ask some questions if you feel like um, you know it's really for you yeah cool yeah I'll I'll find more of the details of them for listeners and um, so I think I have like one more question um, there is a few shows that do cover a lot of stuff on settler colonialism a lot of indigenous shows um, and a, a Palestine show, an accident of women often covers some stuff. So I'm also wondering on 3CR, and I'm wondering what other media you would suggest people follow. Yeah. Mm, good one. Mm. Um, I don't 
I would suggest the Electronic Intifada, which um, is a website. But it's a, it's based in the US, but it's quite a decent website to keep updated. Yeah, I think I would agree. Definitely. Um, um, uh, yeah, Electronic Intifada. I think also if you... Um, there's a... Uh, you know, there's quite a lot of um, documentaries that have come out mm. um, uh, that that show the... You know, and I guess if we're talking about, like, specifically queer Palestinian issues, um, there's, um, you know, you're going to struggle a little bit more. But there's quite a lot around what is happening in Palestine. Um, and if you... Yeah, I don't really... I guess I'm just going to say, like, if you just hit Google, it's not actually that hard to find. There have been so many, whether it's, like, you know, short clips that have been made by different media companies like AJ Plus or something like that, or, you know, feature-length documentaries that have been made by Palestinian filmmakers. Um, but, yeah, Electronic Inside is definitely a, a good start. Yeah, cool. Um, thank you very for your time. I think that's... That's all, unless you have anything else to add. No, I think we, that's pretty great. Thank you for, you know, centering this cause and for inviting us on your show. And, um, yeah. Yeah, thank you for having us, Iris. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You're both, you're both so kind. See ya. Um, Bye.